Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Birthday Boy. Belle, it's your birthday. They say it's your birthday. So do some cool stuff. Happy birthday, yeah. buddy. Thank you. It's it's neat, you know, because we, we you know, record, we're recording this on a Sunday. My birthday happens to fall on a Sunday, and so we got to record on my birthday. What a What a fabulous present. To spend some time talking about The Flash with my buddy, Bo. See, this was all an elaborate scheme between myself, the CW executives, <laughs> the creative team behind The Flash. Like, basically, we have been working the system to change the release date this season just so we could line up and rearrange our recording schedule to be able to record on your birthday. Because my present to you uh, this year, my friend, is to um, steal about... Uh, 45 minutes of your birthday uh, away from having fun and record this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's always a blast recording podcasts. Ah, I'm going to continue that rhyme. No. I ran out of time. <laughs> hey he's, right. he's got jokes. He's got rhymes. He's got it all. Oh, man. So I, can, may I ask, is it is it um, all right to ask? Are you turning, you're turning 39? 38, I think. 38. You're turning 38. Let me see. Hold on. Let me see. You don't look a day over 30. I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't mean to overguess it. I just, I thought, uh, let's see, am I I older than you? I can't be older than you. When were you born? I'm 38. I was born in 1984. I was born in 84. I'm older than you. Yeah, because your birthday's... In May. No, you're you're younger than, you're you're older, no, you're younger than me. No, I'm older than you. No, you're younger than me. Okay, that's right. We're in a new year. What comes after April? May. Right. I'm and, and, and so you're 30 you're 37 right uh-huh you're still in your clerk's year so so what does that make what does that make you if you're 37 and i'm uh-huh. 38 does that does that make you younger or older that that makes me um uh wiser <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll allow it oh man i'm so sorry you know what it is it's it's the the new the fact that we're in a new year sometimes it all it all throws me off man but no obviously you're an old man and i'm still a young buck so i appreciate that hey That's happy true. birthday buddy i'm right there behind you by about <laughs> about a month so <laughs> oh man all right well hey we've got an awesome show to jump into man we got a, an episode to talk about some wild speculation a lot of great speculation this episode so uh yeah sit down uh, pull up a chair and let's get into the rundown. The rundown. Episode 10 of season 8, Reckless. Directed by Kelly Cyrus and story by Jess Carson. Bell, what happened to this episode? Well, Dion tells Barry and Iris that she is causing time to fracture around her. After Frost is attacked by the Black Flame, she and Carla Tannhauser enact a plan to amplify Frost's cryokinetic abilities to draw it out and trap it in a fusion sphere, but fail and Frost is injured. Caitlin is upset that Carla would use Frost as bait, but Carla reveals that she will soon develop cryokinetic abilities and that the plan will work if she and Frost draw out the Black Flame together. However, the sphere's structural integrity is compromised, and Carla goes into cardiac arrest, so Frost pulls her out, and the Black Flame escapes. Team Flash comes together later to revamp the plan. In Coast City, Iris and Sue bring Tinya to an adoption agency to find her mother. The receptionist leaves and returns to find the entire room completely empty. 
Tina finds her mother, Renee, and they talk, but Iris's eyes flash green and Renee vanishes in a green light. Meanwhile, the black flame appears to Caitlin and instead of attacking her, speaks to her using Ronnie Raymond's voice and words. Dun, dun, dun. All right, man. The Frost family is back. It is a family snow reunion. Uh, you know, it took me like a quick minute because I, I was like, wait, who is this again? Completely forgetting that that was Caitlin's mom. I had I had forgotten about Icicle. I will not lie. When they mentioned like her dad, uh, and then they showed the picture of Icicle. I'm kind of glad they did because sometimes they'll, they'll show they'll show you know a glimpse of what they're talking about to sort of refresh people's minds. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, I rolling. Come on, we're fans. We know. And then I totally forgot. <laughs> Icicle. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, her dad was Icicle. Okay. <laughs> Right, right. Well, that's the thing, man. So, you know, Caitlin Snow, who has also been in the series, has been kind of there several times and, and almost like a, a, like a seasoning, like a cold, cold seasoning, like like ice shavings that you will uh, that you might put over something that it makes sense to put ice shavings over. I don't know. I can't come up with a good analogy that also works with a cold reference. But regardless, uh, sometimes her <laughs> like storylines. It's Hawaiian shaved ice. Yeah, except for Hawaiian shaved ice, you get a lot of it. I'm talking about it's kind of been sprinkled throughout okay. few and far between. Then Caitlin is the flavor that you put on the Hawaiian shaved ice, but you don't want a lot of it because you really like the other flavors, but you want a little bit of it. Are you talk about like the cream stuff they put on top yeah, of it. Yeah, she the sweetened condensed. She's the sweetened condensed milk. That's right. Okay, so she's the sweetened condensed milk. Uh, but the thing is, the sweetened condensed milk tends to stand out, but like it, it stands out when you taste it. But when you when you're not tasting it and you're on with the rest of the snow cone, you, you, you don't taste it anymore. And you almost kind of forget what it tasted like. <laughs> right. Is that? Yeah, that, that works. That works. When it's okay. there, It's nice. But when it's not there, you kind of forget about it. And it's not there a lot. I mean, Caitlin Snow has also been in the series, uh, but but it's it's been a little little sparingly when it comes to her family and her storyline. So, I agree with you. I very much appreciated the flashback to the family sequence. I did remember that her father was Icicle Senior and that they did not really go anywhere with the Icicle Junior plotline, which is fine. I feel like Caitlin, you know, when when the entirety of this series is done and we look back at, at it as a whole, I have a full my, I fully expect to look overall and say that of all the characters that I feel like really did not get the justice they deserve in terms of like, you know, just the storyline being so convoluted. So all over the place, uh, you know, not, not nearly what it could have been. Caitlin's certainly up there. Uh, she, she's probably going to be in my top three characters in, in that regard. Now there's, there's obviously going to be a lot to celebrate and a lot of uh, really awesome uh, storylines to big up, but uh, that we're, we're at least a year or two down the road. I, I, I'm, I'm calling it right now. The flash is going for 10 seasons. I know I said it was going to not come back like a year or two ago, but it was a pandemic. Anyway, point is that Caitlin Snow's uh, plot lines have been kind of all over the map as is her supporting characters and her uh, family and that sort of thing. So yes, it was nice to get a little bit of a kind of almost a conclusion to some extent to the relationship with her mom, the fact that she's now two people. What does it even mean when all of a sudden you have a daughter that splits in half and now you have kind of like a, I don't know, like like late onset twins or something like that? <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel like it's more of an issue on the processing on like Caitlin and Snow's side just because like, you know, uh, Carla knew that Frost was there from the get-go, right? Like, it's sort of like, you know, a protector and bodyguard of Caitlyn. And mm. maybe maybe it's weird for her now that they're split out in two separate people. So now she, you know, has uh, after-the-fact twin kind of thing, like you are mentioning. <laughs> so, right. 
but I, because I, I, you know, I, I, I think for her initially, yeah, no big deal. They were one body, two separate, you know, minds, and she was kind of aware, you know, that that was, you know, um, um, icicle sort of doing and whatnot. But now that they're split, it's like she has. I guess she always had regular Caitlyn, and then she sometimes had Frost. But now it's like they're they're totally separate, and so they are. It, it is two daughters technically. I mean, this, this is weird. <laughs> it's 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 weird, and I mean, like I I think that that is part of what this season I think has been working to do is to take all of these maybe less than stellar handlings of characters and plot lines and that sort of thing and try to wrap them up a little bit, give them a little bit of a bow to maybe hopefully simplify them to some extent. For example, Caitlin and Frost, right? Like, like these two separate characters, Frost is who I always wanted Caitlin to be, but instead they went with the kind of splitting them into two separate characters. I don't know why they did that. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I think it's unfortunate, but it is what has happened. And so the less we deal with how we got to this place, I think the better overall, and the more we just kind of lean into the fact that this is where we are, then I think that's going to provide for the best storytelling. And so, you know, yeah, that means that we're going to have to get used to the fact that, you know, sure, they're, they're sisters. And that means that Caitlin's mom has two daughters. And so it's all it's all wrapped up in as nice a bow as it's going to be. Now, I did like the fact that we're exploring, you know, uh, Mama Snow as somebody who with that kind of morally gray, sciencey mindset, willing to put her daughter in danger. And I get that there's a larger conversation throughout this episode. Of course, Barry has it with Joe in terms of when is it appropriate to put yourself in danger? When is it appropriate to put others in danger? At what point is the cost worth the benefits when it comes to, you know, the superhero life and the superhero work? Um, Barry in particular, I think uh, it was really interesting when he kind of called out the fact that, Hey, this, not that this is a totally bad idea, but I think he said like, this seems like a last resort. Uh, like this does seem like something we would do, but it doesn't seem like it's something we would do right now. It seems like we're, we wouldn't do that this early in the season, guys. Come on. Exactly. Y'all, we got, we got picked up for a few more episodes. Let's, uh, let's, let's hold off on this one. But, the, yeah. but we do start seeing, like, there has been a good slow build to the way they've been handling this kind of black flame killer uh, or this, this serial killer or what, whatever it may be. Um, I love the fact that we get, you know, um, a, a Pokeball that is introduced in this. And we're like, oh, it's a fire type. Let's, let's, we're going to need a, a Mega Ball. And so they create a mega ball and you go, what do you do to defeat fire type? Well, you throw ice at it. Yeah, but it's that. And here's the thing that bothers me about that. It, it is a nice type. Like it did this, the whole cold fusion thing. It's like, it's like, it makes you so cold that it burns you, which, which cold stuff can do that. But like cold stuff burning you is, is it damages the skin or whatever in a way that like, you know, causes the skin to die and damage like it would if it were a burn, but it doesn't make the room temperature heat up. Like that's what I don't understand about this whole thing. Like it's, it's, it's been, it's been driving at me where it's, they're saying that it's cold and it's cold fusion and it's so cold it burns. But like, if it's so cold, why does it make the ambient temperature in the room increase? Hey man, I don't, under, I don't understand it. It's OMG science. We don't got to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, but it we, just, it just, Oh, it just bothers me because they they talked about it so much here about the cryokinetic abilities and the amplification of them to like, you know, draw it closer so it can feed off of that and become stronger. And then uh, Allegra was like, when the flame shows up, it's like, does somebody turn up the heat? And I'm like, no one did. It's really cold. It's, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't, uh, I, yeah, yeah. 
Sorry. You, <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Just breathe. Breathe. It's fine. It's fine. It is what it is. And we'll, uh, you know, it, it, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's that's the least of all of all the inconsistencies, man. You should be able to let that one go. Well, yeah. And there were other issues that I had with this episode in general. Um, I, oh. I, I don't know why this one kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Okay, so me as well, but I'm not entirely sure why. Like, I do actually like the moral quandary and kind of the questioning. Like, the, 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 we were presented with two different arguments on how to proceed with trying to capture the Black Flame, and I felt I felt like there was kind of like you know Barry was wrong for the right reasons and Mama Snow was right but for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it was so weird because it was like Barry was the only one who was in the other camp and like no one agreed no caitlin caitlin agreed with them well yeah caitlin but i think caitlin it was a different thing i think barry was kind of like yeah you know i've used myself as bait you know we've done this bait thing for numerous villains but uh the whole thing about like uh, snow not valuing her life like that just felt like it came out of nowhere like i I thought they're gonna Mm. they're gonna go something like go somewhere with it where she's like you know and and they did kind of they were talking about how like you know I'm not just a bodyguard for Caitlyn, but it it just it just it felt really forced and weird like like I I thought they were trying to go a route where like maybe Caitlyn is is depressed and like she wants more for her life and so it it, it came off poor. <laughs> I mean, it's a Caitlyn centric story. Of course, it came off as forced and weird. That's that's the hallmarks of a Caitlyn story in the series. But it's you fine. Know, yeah, but you know, everyone was like, oh no, we we you know we don't do that. We're not going to like, you know, risk your life. And it's in Caitlin's like, why don't you value your life? It's like, we haven't seen anything that says that she doesn't like, she's having this wonderful life with Mark. Um, not Mark. Um, Chill. No, Chill Blaine. Yeah. Yeah. She's having this wonderful life with Chill Blaine. Like she's, she's painting and she's like, I've done the best work that I've done. There's no indication here that she is not valuing her life. And then all of a sudden, like that's Caitlin's biggest thing is that she's not valuing her life. And then, there you know then there was like you know barry kind of just falling over on his stance which he which he showed us that he normally doesn't do like he normally doesn't do that he's normally very adamant you know about his stance especially when we were talking about uh discount jack black earlier in the season he like he wouldn't back off on that and now he's backing off on this and then joe like joe did joe was the weirdest one for me on this when you know at the end he was like we could have caught the thing and it went away and then Caitlin explains uh, or Frost explains her viewpoint. And he was like, oh, sorry. No, I agree with you now that I knew you had to make a judgment call. It, I, was, I was like, what? <laughs> like, where I, is it coming from? I don't like, know. Sudden, I, you know. I, didn't, I didn't mind that, though. I thought that, I thought that made sense. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, 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 it made sense, but the timing was poor. Where he was like, you know, that should have happened, you know. I feel like if that line, if he was going to say that line, that line makes sense. He's absolutely right in that situation. And two seconds later, he's like, oh, I didn't know you had to make a judgment call. Okay, cool. Like, I, I felt there could have been more, I don't know, distance between those the, that and the revelation to make it feel less cheap, where it's like, I don't think I'm going to ever eat chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets are disgusting. I should never eat them. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you seasoned them with, with, with cayenne pepper. I'm going to eat them now. No, I don't think that's it though. I think it, I think what's different is the person that he's talking to and what their role is in that in that decision making process, right? Like when he's talking to Barry, he's giving he's giving him advice as the team leader. But then when it comes down to it, the person who is actually being like the actual team member that it's actually happening to makes the judgment call. Like it's one thing to give advice to somebody who's like, you know, over the team. 
it's another thing to like respect the judgment call that was made by the actual person that's executing the thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's different. Yeah. That's where I find it acceptable. Like that's that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I I felt like this was going to be an episode where they were going to get rid of Carla. Uh, Like I, I I thought thought so too. Yeah. I thought Mm -hmm. they were going to kill her and I thought it was going to be a thing where it it wasn't going to be like, there wasn't going to be like drama around it where you know everyone was going to be upset and mad but like it was going to be one of those things where she's like i can put an end to this i can stop this let me do this um blah 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 kind of thing and then you know just like just like well you know, everybody's uh, making these judgment calls saying we're not going to do that this is not how we do it and she says this is the only way we can do it i'm going to make that sacrifice or whatever no one should be able to to, to disallow me this right but i don't know i do i don't think they're going to bring her back just to kill her i mean i i, it, I don't I think with what they're about to do, and we'll get more deeper into that in speech to speculation, but with, with what we have kind of coming down the pipeline, there's enough emotional weight that's about to be on Caitlin and Frost that their mom dying on top of that is probably going to be, it's just, it's a step too far. Um, I do, I do think, you know, if for example, they do decide maybe later on the season or at some point to kill off Caitlin, uh, then I think having this establishment between Frost and Carla in that mother daughter relationship is going to be important. It's going to be critical uh, because if they do lean into that relationship or if Carla does show up in a post Caitlin world, we need to have that relationship established while Caitlin's still alive. So I think that's important. I'm just, by the way, just throwing out that theory. I'm not saying that Caitlin's about to die or anything, but just saying, you know, it, it, that's the easiest character to kill off right now is Caitlin. So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Um, all right. So there we go. Snow family uh, continues to grow and grow. It's it snowballs, Bell. It snowballs. Hey, oh, there it is. Uh, okay. So we've got that going on. We also have Iris, uh, with Sue off on the, um, you know, trying to deal with the whole phantom situation. Uh, you know, having a nice little time. Here's the thing. Iris's time sickness. Speaking of forced and weird. I've been thinking about this. It's been something that's bothered me. But the more I actually pause and actually kind of consider this season and the way in which they've been kind of trickling, trickling out the time sickness and the way it's impacted Iris, the more I've actually gotten a little intrigued by it because I'm wondering, Belle, if this is, I think, I think I initially saw it as like, okay, she's like some sort of time bomb that they're going to have to stop. And once again, like Iris is the bomb or the bomb's going to attack Iris. It's like, it's kind of, they've done this before. But now I'm wondering if Iris is not so much the bomb, but is in fact patient zero. And what we're going to see is a time sickness pandemic by the end of this season. Because think about it. Like, th- so we've seen as she touches things, how like the time sickness kind of infects different things and that sort of deal. And we've also seen in this episode specifically how when I think it was Renee touched her, or she had touched Renee or something like that. And then Renee starts particling out of existence as well. We don't know if that means that she's erased from existence. It's very well that she's stuck in time or that basically whatever's affecting her is affecting Iris in some form or fashion. And so I'm wondering if we're actually looking at not just a time sickness, but a time pandemic in a way that like we real world reflects, you know, uh, fiction and the fact that the pandemic had such an impact on all television and and this one certainly notwithstanding i wonder if they're der- they're going to derive inspiration from what we just experienced over the last 2 years in the notion that this is kind of like setting up this massive time pandemic that let me just throw it out there we could end up in a situation where literally all of time stops and barry is stuck between time in a world that's unmoved interesting because 
because he's the only one that can actually, since he's tapped into the speed force, it, he can kind of protect himself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that a time pandemic, I think that that would make sense. I mean, cause she spread it obviously to, uh, to Tina's mom. Right. Um, but we don't know what that means yet. Um, I don't think she was a race from existence because Tina's like, what did you do to my mom? And if she was a race from existence, she'd be like, where are we? And what happened to that lady who was standing there? Well, because but she, was, she said she, well, okay. So, but like, she thinks that her mom, something got done to her mom, but it's very possible that her mom either did it to herself or rather just the sickness did it to her. Not, not Iris specifically. Right. But, but I'm saying she's not like, if she was erased from existence, then Tina wouldn't know who she was when Tina says, what did you do to my mom? But if she was erased from existence, wouldn't like she just be gone? Oh no, not erased from existence. I'm sorry, like removed from existence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 She. Yeah. She's. She's. She's outside of time now, and so exactly. Yeah, she. Her, the memories of her and stuff still exist. She still exists in that. In that context. Um. In. In the hearts and minds of those who love her and stuff like that. But <laughs> yeah, she is. She's outside of time, and that she can no longer interact with this timeline. And she may pop back in at a separate part of time, kind of like we've seen Iris do. Now, when that's yeah. happened to Iris, it's been because, you know, obviously she's still impacted the world around her. I don't know. I just, I've started to really kind of kick around this idea of what if this is kind of actually the beginning of something far more widespread. And like I said, that she's more of kind of a patient zero because we even, you know, we, we've been seeing this all, you know, we saw, we saw this last season. We saw this with, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the Despero storyline uh, coming into play with, with her dad. Like I just, I think that there could be something cool if they go on that route with it, especially if this reveals, for example, more speedsters, because if this pandemic, like if, if, you know, again, just throwing this out here as, as speculation, there's a lot of speculation in this episode. There's a lot of speculation this season, honestly, with the way they've structured everything. Yeah. But if, if they are, if they do go in that route with kind of a time pandemic where it gets to a place where literally all of time stands still, then not only would Barry be protected, but literally all speedsters would be protected. And so it might be an opportunity to showcase, reveal, or expose to themselves other speedsters existing in Central City and kind of in the world as a whole. Um, you know, we've seen kind of the expansion of the Flash family and of kind of the speed force and of speedsters in DC comics, especially over recent years. And so I think it'd be really interesting if they took that route to really introduce a whole lot of new speedsters all at once, potentially at the end of the season. And so I'm just I'm I'm not saying that's the direction they're going in it. I could be completely wrong. But I do know that they have said specifically that the still for or rather the uh, the time sickness plotline is kind of an entire season arc as opposed to just a, you know, graphic novel arc. And so the way they've been kind of like slowly building this, it feels a little bit more like a spread. It also speaks to the fact that, you know, in this episode, we talked about how, you know, people who are you know in, in danger are still putting their lives at risk to save others. Right. Like that was, um, you know, Iris was kind of being held up as the example and uh, against killer frost and what she was doing. But my mindset is what if that's not the case that's going on with Iris? It's not that she's, she's been treating this. Everybody's been treating this as if it's something that's happening specifically to her, as opposed to it being a disease that she can actually infect others with. She doesn't realize that this might be the first revelation that that's what's happening. And if that's the case, she's got to quarantine, man. It's going to be. So, so here's, what's interesting, right? It's because like, they're going to get time masks. Everybody's going to get time. They're going to have to be reverse flash masks. Like the flash has a terrible quarant, you know? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's interesting though that you mentioned the quarantine and stuff because yeah. uh, I I got a really weird feeling when I was watching the scenes where you know um, I or uh, Barry shows up in Coast City and uh, he's like, you know, what's going on? And the and and the the, and the resolution there is just like, okay, so you need to stay here where you're safe and whatever you're gonna stay there you're gonna stay in coast city and i started getting an, an, a, a weird sort of feeling or idea there that i wonder if there's something weird going on on set yeah because if if, if you notice like it's iris filming her stuff with sue and with tina and with dion and barry she's not interacting with with anyone else on the cast except for allegra earlier this season and so I wonder if there's something going on on set. And so there's some beef or something like that. I don't know. And so they're writing it in a way so Iris can stay on the story, but she doesn't have to work with actors or actresses that she doesn't want to. And so this is a way to kind of like isolate her and have her be on her own shooting schedule, on her own sets with the cast members that they can write in that um, that there there isn't an issue with or something like that. Uh, I, 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 I don't know why I got a weird feeling like that. And especially if they go a quarantine route. Um that would that would solve that problem you know <laughs> they well, could write in whoever they wanted to to you know visit her in the quarantine thing I, but i mean am i am i am i just speaking out of my butt here or or does this sound like it makes sense to you i mean i don't want to uh, y- yes i mean i i hate to i hate to speculate i know that well so that's the thing i feel like there was like mid midway through the series maybe early midway through the series um there was a lot of speculation in terms of like whether or not the cast was getting along and that sort of thing. And I, you know, I, I try to just to stay out of it. Cause I'm like, look, we're all professionals. Everybody's, you know, like, I mean, look, go back and watch Martin. Okay. Martin was a great television show. And like the chemistry that was on that show was incredible. The stories from behind the scenes are terrible. And so it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, you know, at the end of the day, when you're, when, when you're, when the cameras roll and the show must go on, you know, that's, you know, pe- people can kind of, you know, pull some incredible stuff, even when they're working with people that, that, you know, they either hate or they just don't get along or whatever you have. Look at suicide squad. You know what? Actually, let's not look at suicide squad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But but like, that's, that's, that's kind of my point, right? Where it's like, Jared Leto, look at the perform. You know, actually that's a terrible example. Wait a Um, second. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. (laughs) But, but yeah, like that's kind of my point where like, I, I I try to do the same thing, right? Like I hear about drama on the set or whatever. And like, I, I I don't want to look into that because I don't want to like, you know, feed any sort of speculation, rumor engine kind of thing. But it's so weird to me that like, even though I haven't really looked into it, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if anything is going on. I haven't read any of the articles and stuff, but it feels weird to me that there's this sort of separation between the cast that that's built into the story. And so that, that's why like, but okay. All right. All right. So I I, kind of want to like, you know, look into it now. (laughs) If you have pockets, all right, all right. So sorry, we don't remember when they were writing this season, they didn't know what the world was going to be like. I don't think any of us fully like it's still I mean, you know, it's still difficult for me to plan to travel like we've got we've got some trips coming up. And every single time I book a flight, it makes me nervous because I don't you know, I don't know what's going to happen and everything else. And I think that's I think we're largely, you know, out of out of the deep end. But at the same time, you just you just don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're not going to talk about real world events or anything, but I mean, like, who could have predicted everything that that's going on in our world right now? Like point is that I believe they probably went into this season and last season to some extent wanting to figure out how to write in a way to continue to tell stories, even if they had to, you know, um, 
uh, you know, deal with smaller groups of cast members, uh, have some of the cast members not present, like all of the different unknowns that they had in the year prior. And so I think writing in a sickness, you know, they've been calling it a sickness, but I'm telling you, if it ends up being more of a pandemic, I, I think that's actually a really compelling story. And it allows them to literally shoot around potential CDC guidelines for the future. If things get a little, um, you know, dicey again, which they're not as dicey, I think, as they could have been. And, and I think we're probably okay, but I, I feel nervous even saying that, to be honest. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I think it, yeah, I think you know, I think they're writing for that. I don't think that it's because of like set drama or anything of that nature. I, I think it's really more of, you know, um, just the technical the technical needs and and wanting to make sure that everybody's healthy and safe. And again, going into the season not fully knowing what they'd be dealing with. That's my guess. Yeah, if like, I had to put money down. Yeah, it, but and 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 that that does make sense. And I'm not saying that that you're wrong or that I disagree. It's just the weird thing to me about it is that it all seems to focus around Iris. It's like Iris is in another spot. Iris is times six, so she's not on set. You know, like the, these have been things that like the tail end of last season, the beginning of this season, that, that are just they always focus around Iris. And I'm just like, I don't know. It. I I hope everything's okay, right? Like you know, I I I love Iris. I think Candace Patton does a wonderful job as Iris and uh, like, fantastic actress. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think she's great. And so Texas, like, Mississippi you know, I, represent. No, I hear you. Absolutely. Man, here's the thing, though. This is this is where I'm going to put like a little bit of a caveat. on. All right. So if there's two routes to go with it, right? Like Iris is one of the pillars of, of this series. So either you cut if, if the idea is that they're kind of grouping characters so that they have smaller casts to work with that are not like coming into contact from a. And again, I'm, I'm thinking from a health standpoint, I don't think it's a beef standpoint, then you kind of need your pillars to carry stories with their own kind of separate characters around them. And if you have Iris and Barry together, like, A, that makes way more sense because that's supposed to be kind of like the heart of the series. But at the same time, that also means you don't have Iris, you know, in kind of more of the journalistic, you have her more in the superhero uh, world, which I've always liked, but the vast majority of Flash fans don't seem to like. And so there's <laughs> been like this vast majority of like, no, we want Iris doing journalism stuff, which is great. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm not opposed to that. But that does mean that by you know design, you end up in this exact situation if you are trying to do these kind of smaller grouping of uh, cast members together at any given time. So I think it's just, you know, I, th I think it's an unfortunate reality of the way in which they're telling the stories, whether or not that's because of interpersonal relationships behind the scenes or just because the world is what it is at the moment and they're trying to write around it. I don't know. But that's my, I would I would lean towards the latter if for no other reason than I want it to be the latter and not the former. Yeah. And, and that, you know, like I said, that aspect or, or looking at it from that vantage point does make sense. I just, I, I hope that that is what's going on, that it's yeah. not anything, uh, uh, serious because you know, this, you, you want people to have to have to enjoy their work and to not have to like be, you know, put up with it because they're under contract and stuff because, well, the other thing is they're like, fun. You got, you got, I mean, like, as you recall, these, these two were kind of going at it, trying to, trying to make the twins happen. And, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, like this is going to delay the twins. It's going to delay the twins. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they showed up at the beginning of this, uh, of this, uh, graphic or like kind of the interlude between the graphic novels. They're like, like, Hey, don't forget about us. Mom and dad. Like they're going to have to pull like a reverse, uh, reverse back to the future. Like, wait, why are we starting to fade out? What do we do? We got to, we got to go back in time and get mom and dad together. Or I guess that actually is their back to the future. Yeah, they got to pull like it back Doc to the Brown. future. 
Yeah. Doc Brown shows up and he's like, no, 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 it's not you. You're fine. It's your parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's your parents, kids. You got to go back and make them. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. So we got we got some more uh, fun stuff to talk about or some spooky stuff to talk about. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break. And then right after that, we'll be right back with some speedster speculation. This is John Wesley Ship, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. Red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow, red and yellow. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Speedster Speculation. All right, Bell. At the end of this episode, of course, Caitlin is uh, confronted by the voice, the specter, uh, the flaming face of Ronnie Raymond in the Black Flame. Now, you, my friends, have been speculating for quite some time that this Black Flame has been a uh, death storm all along, the kind of Black Lantern version of uh, Ronnie Raymond, or, or specifically uh, Firestorm. Yeah. Uh, and and here we are. Now, I, I put a little bit of a kind of getting slightly on board with you saying that, yes, I believe that we will see Firestorm as part of this. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I said back then that I don't necessarily think that the flame itself is Firestorm. I think that maybe it might appear as Firestorm as it has done with other characters, but I don't know that I think that it is Firestorm. Here's my question. Now that we are here, that we've kind of left things with very much like, there it is right in your face. Not only is it Ronnie Raymond's voice, it is Ronnie Raymond's words that he is using. And the face that is pushing through the flames is not Ronnie Raymond, but in fact, the face of Firestorm from the comics. Bell, what is your take? Are you sticking with it? Are we dealing with Firestorm? Okay, so the big question that I have is um, with uh, Chester, right? Because the flame showed up to Chester as his dad. Right. So that kind of gives you the impression that this thing is going to show up as whatever person uh, it can to draw the biggest you know, emotional reaction so it can feed off of that or something, mm -hmm. right? Um, right. And so that's that's my that's my big that's the big kicker. And like, I don't know if this is a uh, if that was sort of a red herring to sort of detract that it could be Ronnie or that this is a, a new ability that Ronnie has gained as Deathstorm. Um, I still would like to think that it's Deathstorm um, because I think that would be a really, really cool thing. And, and, and we're building up to so much Caitlyn stuff, right? We have Caitlyn mm -hmm. and, uh, and her new bow. Right. And we have Frost and uh, Chillblain. And so, you know, why why are they spending so much time building up this relationship, saying that Caitlin's going all in on this guy? And then, you know, you're going to they're going to throw Ronnie. But, but I, I don't know. Then again, if, if it wasn't actually Ronnie and it was something manipulating her, that would also kind of make sense in that it would basically what I'm what I'm looking towards and what I'm what I think is going to happen here is that we're going to have you know an emotional moment because like you know Caitlyn can't fully go all in on her relationship until she truly actually gets over Ronnie and I feel like that that's why I feel like it's going to actually be Deathstorm it's actually going to be Ronnie um, because if it was just an apparition that this thing was using to try to draw some more negative emotions out of her then it would feel less. I don't know, less of an actual 
like overcoming of her of her grief and her and her guilt and stuff like that. Because like, you know, with Chester, it was the same kind of thing, right? Like he had to be like, no, my dad loved me, blah, 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 blah. And then the, the thing went away and he was able to defeat it. But like, I feel like if this is actually um, Death Storm, that would be more emotionally significant for Caitlyn. And maybe that's the way they defeat it is it's is it's like, no, you're dead. Go back to dead land <laughs> or something. I don't know. I just want it to be Ronnie because I want to be right. Um, <laughs> well, at least you're honest about that. I mean, yeah, no, like I feel know. like he's going to show up, but I don't know if he if, if it's actually him. I like the, ah, the you're little... walking it back. You're walking it back. Well, okay, no, but that's right. the thing. That's the thing is the one thing is, is with is when it showed up as Chester's dad. Uh-huh. I still think it's going to be Firestorm. I want it. I want that to be an ability that Firestorm has is to or sorry, Deathstorm has is to, you know, uh, manipulate you emotionally by showing up as someone that you love. But I want it. I want the entity to actually be Firestorm, and I, I'm going to stick with it and say that it actually is Firestorm, and that this is part of its death power is to charge itself. It has to feed off these emotions, and so to do that, it's able to show up as someone that you really love. But um, it's still kind of early in the season, and so we don't know if it's going to impact somebody else, and it's going to show up as a different form. But I'm hoping that it will solidify, and it will be Ronnie, and then you know Ronnie as Deathstorm. And then we can, you know, go forward in the story with that being the definitive who it is and what it is. Okay. So happens. I'm gonna stick uh, with that. So you've spent more time with Firestorm than I in terms of on Legends. Obviously, that's not Ronnie, but in terms of like the power set and the way everything works, I just have one question. Have you ever seen Firestorm, anybody that's Firestorm, change form? into anything other than Firestorm? Anything um, or anyone other than Firestorm? Well, I mean, just by becoming Firestorm, they change form. Right. But, but they usually take they, the form of one or the other. But that's my point. So they take the form. Like, there's a body and there's a head. And so, like, it's a body sharing two minds. Uh, oh, yeah. like Caitlin. Oh, they kind of made... Oh, they made her like a reverse Firestorm. Yeah, a cold storm. A and, cold and, storm. And the cold fusion oh, okay. thing. Like, oh, that's the that's thing. It's like, you know, he was nuclear fusion. This is cold fusion. It it, it, it makes sense. It's poetry, right? It, it rhymes. You have firestorm, which is fusion. This thing, which is cold fusion. Um, it would make sense for him to die and come back in that way. Like, I, I, I think there's more stuff pointing towards it being Ronnie and Deathstorm than it is not. And I think the whole thing with Chester was just a red herring to make us think that it was something else. Um, um, yeah. So here's the deal. I I, I think you're right. The red herring for sure. But I'm just thinking that's so different from the power set that we've seen from Firestorm. I think that we're dealing with, uh, again, my, my thought is we are dealing with something Black Lantern related. Um, I still kind of lean in that direction and I still lean in the direction of, you know, it'll probably be very different from the Black Lanterns of the comics. But I mean, I do think that it will potentially set up a connection with Diggle coming in as a green lantern at some point um, and kind of give green, you know, give kind of that additional push they need to actually make that happen as opposed to keep on teasing it forever. So I think, I think that's Wanda vision level speculation where we're just dressed. I mean, that would be cool and great. And yeah, but like, you know, uh, there is no Mephisto. There is no uh, a Fox X-Men. 
in the MCU yet. I think it's that level kind of speculation. Yeah, I think stay stay tuned. Stay tuned. No, no, no. Stay tuned. No, stay tuned. <laughs> I, th- I think it's going to be Firestorm. I think it's going to be Firestorm, and it's 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 going or it's going to be Deathstorm. Sorry, it's going to be Deathstorm, but it's not going to be tied into the Black Lanterns in any way. They're gonna they're gonna bring it. Ronnie back to make him a killer. That's what they're gonna do. Yeah, that's what you're saying. They're gonna bring Ronnie back to make him a killer. Yeah. No. No. Absolutely not. They're not going to make well, Ronnie. I, I no, think, they're going to make him a killer. He's not. He's not. I don't think it's a killer per se. I think he's killed like, a couple of people now. Like he's a, he's yes, literally he a serial killer. He has. But I think I think what they're going to what the way they're going to play it is they're going to do it something where it's like this is uh, something he can't control and he has to. He's like a vampire has to feed on people to live, and they're going to try to find a way to make him uh, feed on something that won't kill anybody else. Because I mean, that's the way the season has been going. That that's that's they're going to have a heart to heart. And Barry's going to be like, you got to stop eating people's grief and instead eat, I don't know, animal grief. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, go, man. Go to one I, of those horrible Tyson chicken farms and go feed off the grief of the chickens there. <laughs> I just don't see it. I just don't think they're going that route. I think that, that I think we're dealing with some sort of death entity. I think that it it is using, I think just as we saw before, um, it's, it's going to use Ronnie in a big way. I think it's going to be a big bait and switch by the end of this storyline that they're probably going to even, all right, let, let, let me throw it this way. Okay. So it appears as Ronnie to Caitlin suddenly team flash doesn't want to like capture this thing. They want to like bring it into a physical form. So then they go throughout all of this to try to bring it into corporeal form just to reveal it wasn't Ronnie. He was using that as an excuse to, to get him to make, you know, to bring him into the real world. And in fact, it is, I actually uh, don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know who it is. <laughs> Just <laughs> cobalt blue. Could be Black Flash. It could be. Uh, it could be Zolomon. No, I'm telling you, dude. It it's got to be Deathstorm. The, the 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 cold fusion and the fusion of Firestorm like that plays well. The uh, the Ronnie thing that plays well. I mean, you know, if 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 they're if they're not going that route, then it, they better have a really really good explanation as to why all these other things are there. Like, why is it cold fusion? You know, why is, uh, you know, we had a clip of Ronnie to remind the audience of who Ronnie, that was another one. (laughs) The thing I was talking about earlier where I was saying like, you know, sometimes they'll show clips of the audience to like remind them who this character was. And it worked for Icicle because I forgot who he was. (laughs) But then it was Ronnie's like, everybody knows who Ronnie is. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. same episode, they did the thing in the same episode. And I had two different reactions to it. That's hilarious. Oh, there you go. But, but yeah, so I they they they're gonna need to come up with something good, and the, otherwise, like the whole cold fusion thing, why even go with that in the first place? Unless they're just yeah. doing this whole big misdirection for misdirection's sake, and I don't really appreciate that. I don't like the misdirection for misdirection's sake. I I, I would rather them, you know, uh, uh, stick with something, make a lot of clues fit. Right. But right now, everything's sort of pointing to Ronnie and there doesn't seem to be any other series of clues or, or, or anything that, that points to another character that I'm aware of. There might be some, you know, obscure comic book villain that I'm that I'm not aware of. But like everything now from the show, from the comics is pointing towards Deathstorm. And so why would Ronnie feed Death off Storm, of grief? No, no, I'm sorry, Matt. Why would Ronnie feed off of emotion? Why would he feed off of grief? Why would he not suddenly have the ability to take on? like the visuals of other people who have died like that. None of that makes sense though. Like I hear what you're saying. The cold fusion makes sense. Yes. The, the, the visuals make sense. Like I get, get that. But I mean, like, I feel like the, that all ties to something else. Like, well, maybe, maybe somebody reanimated him and like, you know, like that's, 
that's the ultimate villain is like somebody's reanimated him. Okay. Like All they right. were looking for a puppet master to begin with. Like Black Hand. Uh, because I mean, maybe, you know, and and I, I just don't think they're going to like pull in the freaking Darkest Night storyline. Like that would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. Dude, if they're doing, hang on. No, if they're doing Deathstorm, they already have pulled in the Darkest Nights. Like that is a character from the Darkest Night storyline. I mean, I don't know. So, well, okay, well then fine. Let, let's go Darkest Night. I'm, I'm on board. Let's do it. We're already here. This is what I'm saying. Like, like the very fact that they've confirmed that they're going to bring in a that one way or the other firestorm is coming. Whether or not it's the real firestorm, whether or not it's really Ronnie, that's what we're debating. But no, firestorm is definitely here. In the same way, the Chester's dad you mean, was you mean last episode. What did I say? Firestorm. Yeah, Deathstorm. Yeah. I meant Deathstorm. Sorry. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I I just I just hope if I, I if it is. Somehow, if he came back and that caused his abilities to like the, I don't know, they're they're gonna they're gonna OMG science it. Like there, there doesn't have to be an explanation as to why he needs grief to like feed his cold fusion. <laughs> it's I, OMG I, science. Yeah, yeah, I'm. You, know, you may be right, but we will see. Let us know y'all's thoughts. By the way, you can uh, tweet in uh, at TV Talk FM is the Twitter handle. Uh, use the hashtag Flash TV Talk. We want to hear your thoughts. Is this really Firestorm? Is this really Ronnie? Or is this something else? I say something else. Bell says it's Ronnie. We want to hear from you. Let us know. Uh, we've got, uh, yeah, there's there's some big episodes coming down the line that are going to tie directly in with the storyline. Uh, I did One last thing I did want to ask you, and maybe this is a conversation for, uh, for next episode, but so Ronnie comes back. Do Caitlin and Frost both feel that they, like, is, do they, how do I say this? Do, do they, is Frost going to be like, oh, hey, Caitlin, it's, it's, it's your beau, it's your boy, it's your, it's your boyfriend, your fiancé? Uh, or is it going to be like, Frost is like, oh, wait, that was my man. You know what I mean? Like, which, which one is it? Uh, you know, because she was in there the whole she time. She was in there? Yeah. But it was probably, I, I mean, she was in the, in the back seat, like, at that point. I mean, all right. Anyway, we'll talk about it more next week, I'm sure. That's going to do it for us for this week. Like I said, tweet into your thoughts, uh, tweet in your thoughts to the show at TV Talk FM. You can follow Bell at Ring That Bell. Let him know. Happy birthday. Which happy birthday? Happy Bell Day. Happy ring ring that birthday. <laughs> anyway, ring, ring that, that birthday. Ring that bell on Twitter. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, you can find all of our contact information, including access to our YouTube channel where we've got Batcraft going on, having a lot of fun with the folks over there. Uh, all that information and more can be found at tvtalk.fm. That's going to do it for us for this week. But don't worry, we'll be back in a flash. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.